Well, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles if you have one uh, handy, or if not, there's one at the uh, end of the pew aisle there. You can pass it along if, uh, if someone next to you is needing one today. We're going to take a look in a, a few moments that we have here at uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, and that's uh, found in the back portion of the New Testament after you get to Acts and Romans. It's right after that, before you get to some of the shorter books like Hebrews and so forth. But uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15 is where we want to look today. And as you turn there, it's a, it's a great blessing for, for me. What a privilege to be able to get up and, and speak to you on, on Easter Sunday about the joy, the hope, the life, the salvation that we have through Christ and through his resurrection power. Uh, as you see today, we're going uh, off reservation a little bit and that we're going to look at some of Paul's writings about the resurrection and its uh, importance for our lives. And I assume to some extent there that that uh, probably most of us are at least generally familiar with the biblical message about uh, Jesus coming into the world, that he came as, as God's son and he came to lay down his life for the, the sinfulness of humanity. He he died a death that we all deserve on Good Friday. That's part of Easter week. And and then we see that he rose again from the dead and his resurrection uh, tells us about his power to conquer death is evidence of that. As we're going to see in these verses, it, it it's meant to impact our lives now, not just fire insurance for uh, heaven uh, one day, but to impact our lives now as well. So I invite you to read along with me as I read First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll just read. Uh, several verses here, starting with verses 1 uh, through 7, invite you to read along with me silently as I read aloud. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of First importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep, that means died, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles jump with me down to verse 19. If we in this life only have hoped in Christ, we are of all people to be most pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Jump with me to 42, verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown, he's talking about plants, a seed. What is sown, perishable. What is raised imperishable? It is sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. And then verse 50 through the end of the chapter. I tell you this, brothers, 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass what is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let's pray again together. Father, we ask that you would teach us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and allow this word to bear fruit in our lives. Oh Lord, we ask that the power of the resurrection might free us from people that are trapped, enslaved, stuck under sin, death, and the law, and we would be given new life through the victory of Christ to live in a transformed way now that would carry on into eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I got a speeding ticket recently. I was traveling along at a whopping 42 miles per hour in a 25 zone. Cruising along uh, South or Shadescrest Road, I don't normally go this way, but was headed on my way to Mr. P's Deli, which is sort of like heaven. Nothing else in this sermon would fit with us. Kind of like heaven, Mr. P's. And I don't usually drive all the way from 150 all the way along here to get over there. And so I barely even noticed the, the speed limit signs along the way. And then as I was cruising along, you know the feeling, all of a sudden, he was there. One of the motorcycle cops to boot. And, and he, he did that little thing in his you know, little tiny motorcycle that you could barely catch or see. No advantage to you, the driver. He did that thing where he pulled out behind me. And it was kind of a tease. You know, they drive along behind you. No lights, no flashers. For a minute, you're thinking, okay, he's just headed to Mr. P's for lunch, too. We're going to be okay. <laughs> then the lights came on. He pulled me over. And, you know, I'm not averse to using my pastoral calling for advantage when there's opportunity for it. But I had left the old clerical collar behind that day, so... He didn't, he didn't know right away where I stood, and it was a bummer because he actually asked me my reason for speeding. And, and so it really would have helped if one of you had had an emergency that day. That really would have helped. Where's the love? He was apologetic uh, about handing me the ticket, and I had thought before that moment that maybe, because by that time we were, at, we were in sight of Mr. P's Deli, and I thought maybe... He would like to come over and we could just leave the ticket book behind a seven dollar twenty nine lunch combo. My treat, you know, see where things go, see where things go. 
But he wrote that ticket out. I can't say whether he looked like either Ponch or John, but, uh, but he made sure that that official paperwork was handed out to me. And, uh, and you've maybe been there before. It's interesting when you're looking at a speeding, speed limit sign, we don't even really think of it as a limit. It's sort of a friendly suggestion from the government, right? If, if I want to sort of, if I tap the brake, I'm doing a good job. I'm generally trying to uh, accommodate the idea. And, and if, you know, if you ask me outside of that context, are speeding laws good? Should we have those along with our other laws? Absolutely, right? People shouldn't be barreling along South Shadescrest at 42 miles an hour. But when you're actually getting the ticket, it's a little intimidating. It gets your attention. He's got his flashing lights on his motorcycle. He's pulling you over. You've got to get off the, the road. You've got to do what he says. He's got his official uniform that he's wearing. He even speaks in a sort of voice that's kind of different than normal <laughs> conversational voice. And he fills out that official form. It's got your name and all your info on it. They've got all that info. And then your court appearance. Got to go. It's just a ticket, but there's a court appearance on there. It got my attention as I thought about my tendency and maybe your tendency too, as well to look at kind of God's plan for our lives, his directives of how we should live in relationship and fellowship with him, his laws, if you will, as something that's sort of a suggestion. Right. And and we don't always think about the fact that we're maybe breaking those things and there might be some consequences that to that, that we're falling short of what he's called us to do or we're stepping over some line of what he's told us not to do. It's interesting then, and we've just got a couple moments today, so I won't spend a ton of time unpacking it. But if you look at our verse today and particularly verse 56 of chapter 15, it has this interesting sentence in there. It says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I wanted to talk about for just a minute today was, you know, as I read that, it was a little perplexing. What does that mean that the power of sin is the law? The sting of sin is death. And then after we talk about that for just a moment, what is Jesus and what is the resurrection? What does Easter have to do with that? Because clearly the resurrection is all around these verses. How are those things tied together? And maybe it'll be uh, strengthening for us. It'll encourage us. Maybe it'll even change our life today as we think about these things. Well, what does this mean? The reason I read these verses about Adam back in verse 19 through 21 or so that we read in this chapter, it talks about the fact that this first one has come ahead of all of us, Adam. And the Bible doesn't really explain why it is that we all of humanity got assigned to have Adam as our representative. That's just the way it is. The reality is, if we looked around, uh, who among us could say that we would really have done that much better, right? And yet the Bible says this first Adam has come. And then it says, hey, in Jesus Christ, there's this second one that has come. The first one brought death. This next one brings life. And that's part of the idea of Jesus being fully man. You ever think about that? Why does he have to be fully God and fully man in order to secure salvation? Well, part of it is he's got to fix what 
Adam messed up. And then what we have in progressive centuries and uh, millennia continued to mess up. He's got to fix what Adam did. So that's part of the idea here. And our thoughts would be drawn back then to the Garden of Eden when Adam didn't do what God called him to do. He didn't follow what God said for him to do. And what was the consequence? Death. A spiritual death kind of immediately and then eventually bodily death. That wasn't the way things were supposed to be. Uh, The reality is when we think about the scriptures, and it's a little bit sobering to, to think about, especially on a happy day like Easter time, in a hundred years or so, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe some medical advances, maybe we'll say 110, all of us in this room will be gone, right? This program doesn't last forever. I think we, we get that if we've been around the block a few times, especially. We realize these things are eventually going to wear out, and that leads us to the part of the passage where... Uh, It talks about what Jesus has done for us. So the question then becomes, okay, if I cannot let myself off the hook, if I'm stuck because of being a person that flows in the line of Adam who falls short of God's glory, and I've tried maybe to seek to live my life in a God glorifying way, but I, I never quite get there. Then 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 how do we have a solution? What how can this problem be solved? Because I know I deserve that ticket. Doesn't matter the fact that there were other people speeding by going 45, maybe going 47. I was still over the line. I was still deserving of that ticket. Well, look with me at verse 42. And it says something really interesting about what Jesus does for us. Uh, Some some of you all may be gardening kind of people. I'm not really that way. When we had our house, you know, give me the basic landscape, the stuff that needs no attention whatsoever. I turn the water system on and it grows. So that's me. But others of you out there understand this. You're you're planting seeds. You're growing maybe a garden, maybe grow a little corn or something like that. Maybe you put some marigolds in. Well, when you plant the little tiny marigold plant, what do you expect to have later, a month later? A bigger one. Right. When you plant the little daisy or whatever, you plant the tulip bud in, you expect to have a tulip. Well, because of the sin and brokenness of the world, what the Apostle Paul is saying here in verse 42 is that really when something perishable like our body, when something that's really dishonorable in the sense that we don't live for God as we should, when that thing's planted, what ought to come up is just, you know, more. Stuff that's perishable, more stuff that's dishonorable, more things that aren't in strength but are in weakness. And yet the scriptures say the opposite happens. How does that happen? How does what we have, which is really nothing we have to offer the Lord, all of a sudden turn into the imperishable, turn into what's honorable and glorious, turn into new life? That, of course, is probably part of the reason We're all sitting here today because we know that Jesus at some degree is part of that program. He brings it for us. He's the one that rises up on our behalf. We talk a lot about the fact that he dies on our behalf, takes our place, takes the punishment that we deserve. But he also raises up. We're we're linked to him. If we put our trust in Christ, we're kind of glued to Jesus. And whatever's true of Jesus becomes then true of us. So when he dies, we kind of die with him. When he's raised up, we get to ride Along on that journey as well. Take a look with me at verse 54 as we kind of come into a landing of our time in 
God's word today. It says when the imperishable puts on when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And then that verse we read earlier. And then verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I had a second uh, little interesting experience uh, yesterday. And some of y'all are going to think that I waited till six o'clock last night to finish my sermon. Just wipe that idea out of your mind. We had baseball games yesterday, family in town, so we decided we'd uh, swing by on the way back to another game that was going to be around 6 o'clock to grab some Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. Good food, no Mr. P's, but it's, it's, it's good. It's in the running. And picked up some food. Now, it was an unusual experience, I want to say this, where it took us about 12 minutes to get through the drive-thru, and we were kind of in a hurry. So I'm, I'm sort of always in a hurry. And then when I'm really in a hurry and things get slowed down, I'm not happy about it. But I kind of went along with it, ordered our different things. And I was excited, excited, guys. You can sympathize that I had remembered what patience my wife had texted me to order for her, the chicken nugget meal. Get all our bags. By the time we waited that long, we're just, you know, flying out of the parking lot at Chick-fil-A trying to get over to the baseball game before it starts. And my wife was already over there with our oldest. And we, we, we drove along and got there and unwrapped the bags. And I was excited to get my Chick-fil-A meal going. I was hungry. Long day at the ball field. No chicken nuggets. No chicken nuggets. Not only that, no avocado ranch dressing for my wrap either. It's a bummer. It's a letdown. So what did we do? I, I'm normally not that guy that's going to swing back by the Chick-fil-A on the way home, especially after a busy day. But I was missing my chicken nuggets and my avocado ranch dressing. So we pulled back in. I was nice about it, walked in there. I didn't take patience with me because she can't stand that kind of thing, any sort of conflict interaction. And I just said my first lead line was, hey, we love Chick-fil-A. We love this spot. Y'all take care of us normally. We come here all the time. Gave them the good pros, all the pros. And then, uh, and, and then what do you think I did? Did I just say, hey, give me some chicken nuggets? Hey, how about put $5 back on my credit card? I reached in my pocket, and I had something that they'd given me. They didn't give me my chicken nuggets, but they'd given me a little piece of paper from a couple hours earlier, that receipt. And that receipt said right on there, hey, chicken nuggets, $5, $4.53, something like that. I handed it to him and said, hey, here's, here's what I got. I didn't get what I was supposed to. You know, I was thinking about it last night after all of that, and I did get my four fifty three back on my credit card. I was thinking about the fact that a receipt is kind of the opposite of a ticket. You know, you get the ticket when you kind of break some law and fail to do what you're supposed to. The receipt is kind of a piece of paper that shows that something's already been paid, shows that you have some kind of credit for it. Now, here's the amazing thing. You and I can't secure anything with the Lord on our behalf. We can't pay. We can't be good enough to make up for the bad things we've done or for our sinful nature that continues to weight us down. But guess what? Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And he's provided for us. The resurrection is sort of his receipt to say this has been accomplished. This has been done so that we might 
begin to experience that saving relationship with God now, that resurrection power, and that we might then one day, when we're headed on to eternity, be able to hold that up and say, not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but because Jesus rose from the dead, I too can be raised up to new life. Let's pray. Father, how grateful we are that we aren't stuck with the ticket. But that instead, uh, knowing that we all deserve that ticket, you nevertheless give us uh, what we don't deserve. You give us a receipt for something we didn't pay for. And Lord Jesus, we know that you are that righteous one who has not only borne our sins, but allowed us to be raised to new life. And we ask now today that uh, you would propel us forward. If this is a starting point for us in our relationship with the Lord, that we would begin to move forward, begin to connect with the church body, begin to connect with uh, Bible study and folks that can help us to grow in our relationship. For those maybe here that, that do know you and have been walking with you, that this would be a time of renewal in our relationship with you and the power of the resurrection would be displayed in our lives to your amazing glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.